We want to study Word of God, the Word of God this morning from Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. And let me read it for you in Acts uh, chapter 6, verse 3, 4, and 7. This will be the main passage, uh, but we will look at uh, uh, the whole of the chapter. Let me read for you. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many priests were obedient to the faith. Acts chapter 6 has only 15 verses, so we can cover it today. It may take like 15 hours for me. <laughs> and we have the grill and the food, so don't worry about lunch, right? Yeah. So what I want to say this morning is that uh, uh, the, the multiplication by the Holy Spirit, the multiplication of believers by the Holy Spirit, we want to look at that in Acts chapter 3. And this is the, the abstract, the main thing that I got from reading uh, Acts chapter 6 is that the Holy Spirit uses godly leadership with godly character and godly men and women, which is the church, to multiply the church locally and globally. Right? So three things we will look at. The first thing is we're going to look at godly leadership. The second thing is we will look at the godly character of the church. The, uh, and then men and women. And of course, we will look at the uh, uh, godly people, godly church, godly leadership. Three things we will look at from this scripture. Now, um, three reasons. Three reasons why the Holy Spirit multiplied the church. And that is godly leadership, godly church, men and women, and godly character. In those days, when the number of the disciples... Were in, was increasing the, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples uh, together and said it is it would be not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on table. Brothers, just choose seven men from among you. The word of God and the prayer and the Holy Spirit. These are a powerful combination for every member of the church. For every church. When you have the spirit with you. And the word of God. Working in your life. This is a powerful combination. But the thing is. Why? Why, why, why is it important? Because you are able to differentiate. What is lies and what is truth. You are able to differentiate. What is the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of the world. 
you're able to differentiate the movement of the Holy Spirit and the movement, uh, the power of the world. So good leadership creates welcoming environment for the Holy Spirit to come and accomplish all the good purpose of God. In Acts chapter 6, Luke is giving an account to his disciples and to us um, and the church at that time uh, on what is happening, why the Spirit of God is moving and why the church is multiplying. So before we move, and move on to the next line, I, uh, multiplying, I want to stop at, that, at the word multiplying. Why did the church multiply? What were the reasons that uh, the church was multiplying? And there are some things that are not recorded here, but I want to bring it out. One, of course, the obvious reason is good leadership. And we will talk in, the, uh, in more detail. And I want to move on to some things that were not recorded. And one of them is the role of the women in the church, which is not prominently recorded in the scripture. How did women grow the church? What were their roles? You remember in Luke chapter 8, verse 1, 2, and 3, when you read that the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ was expanding. Right? It was expanding beyond the 12 people that He has chosen. So as the ministry grew, and uh, uh, the needs for the ministry grew, what happened? W- what happened? There were some group of women that formed a Jesus ministry support group. And they were Joanna, Suzanne, the, uh, Mary Magdalene. Uh, these are people that work in good places. Some of them were steward of Herod. Uh, and they wanted to help the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? By their substance, which is money. So a, a group of women formed the ministry, even before the early church, to support the expansion of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this was not new. You come into the early church... And then you will find women like Lydia, the lady who sells the purple dye. You see uh, Phoebe, uh, Priscilla, uh, just to name a few. These were prominent women that were recorded in the early church, and they helped grow the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will look in detail when I do a new series, uh, Paul and the expansion of the church locally and globally. You will get to... uh, know them more as we go into the next series uh, after summer. What I'm trying to say is, why is this important? Because these women that have been moved and touched by the Holy Spirit of God were able to touch another woman's heart. Because they work in the kitchen, they work in the public bathhouse, they work in public places, they work in palaces. What they did is, these women that has been transformed by the Holy Spirit through the message of Jesus Christ... They were able to influence a lot of women. And it grew. And it grew. Why did it grow? We have to understand the social context. At that time, women were dispensable. They were, they were regarded as property. Mainly for childbearing. Mainly for childbearing. And Roman men, they would easily divorce a wife and get another woman to marry. So they have many wives. It's because they didn't regard them as human beings. So what happens is, because marriage was regarded so low, the standard of marriage was very low, it also come down to devaluing human beings, and especially kids, children, babies. 
So infanticide was high at that time. And infanticide, mostly female child were killed. Because Roman society favored boy, male child. And you would find, if you read history, that sometimes baby girls were just left outside to die. Not only that, so abortion was very high because of that. Because they didn't want female child. Human being, especially women, female child, slaves, servants, were not valued. They were not treated as human beings. Then suddenly, a new fate came. A new movement came that lifted up women. That lifted up baby girls. Right? That lifted up slaves and servants to say, you are created in the image of God. And we value you. And they added value to their life through their love, through their compassion, through their relationship and fellowship. See, this is the reason why the church grew. This is the reason why the church grew. It multiplied. There is no secret formula. When we add value to people and treat human beings as human beings, then the church will grow. Then the church will grow. Right? So in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrew by the Hellenists. Whenever there is a growth, uh, there is always a crisis. We can, uh, you know, when people gather together, there is always uh, uh, challenges. And it's not new for the early church too. Right? So we will look at the good leadership here. Now, um, so when there is a crisis... One, you can see three things from good leaders is that good leaders always listen, listen patiently. Okay? And they will discern wisely and they will decide and do something in action without partiality. Okay? This is very important. I want us to, especially many of our leaders that are sitting here, this word is to us. If the church has to grow, we have to be godly leaders. You will notice that they realized that they have neglected the Hellenistic Jew. Who are the Hellenistic Jew? These are Jew, Jews that have adopted Greek custom language and lifestyle. Right? So, there is a history to this because the Hebraic Jew has always prided themselves that they worship near Jerusalem. And they speak the language of their father. So they have always thought that we are better than the Hellenistic Jew. Because they are not near the temple. They don't speak the language of the father. So they were kind of treated as second class. Now this is compounded by the ministry that they have apparently organized and started. There was a food pantry ministry. Soup kitchen ministry. Food distribution ministry. So the early church apparently organized uh, this uh, ministry. And uh, who were neglected? The Hellenistic Jewish widows were neglected. They were already neglected even before the ministry started. They were already treated kind of as a second class even before this ministry. 
So when the complaint came, see, they would have known this. The apostle would have known this. Cursed is the one who perverts justice due to stranger, due to the stranger, the fatherless, the widow. And all the people say, Amen. This is, this is the word Moses has talked to his people. They would have understood this. That if you mistreat widow, if you mistreat the fatherless and the widow, the Lord will take action on you. They know these things. But they're doing it. The good thing is, when the complaint came to the leaders, they listened patiently. They didn't say, Oh, you know, we have no time for you. They listened patiently. And you will notice that they did not reprimand the widows. They were not reprimanding the Hebraic Jew. They were not reprimanding the Hellenistic Jew. Okay? You will notice that. They just listen. Time to listen. Good leaders always listen. Patiently. Do you catch yourself sometimes when somebody come and share a problem to you? You have already six, seven solutions to fix that problem and you wanted to talk already, right? I'm going to quickly fix this person. No, you listen. Good leaders listen. Listen to the problems and struggles of people. And don't fix it. Ask the Holy Spirit to work through you. And they recognized that they had made a mistake. They recognized that they had a mistake. And so what did they do? They are saying now, okay, we recognize the problem, so this is what we will do. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They know that there is a crisis. They also know that if the twelve started distributing food, there will also be another crisis. They discern what is going on. And they're going to look for decision. Who are they? How will they discern this? Through the Holy Spirit for godly decision. So they are asking the multitude to say, Okay, come together. We will appoint seven people to do it. To serve this ministry. To serve in this ministry. That is discerning. And asking for godly direction. To make godly decision. Do you notice that. The leaders are not holding on to their power and position. See. They are no longer holding on to the power and position. They are going to delegate their responsibility to other people. See that is godly leadership. Sometimes we are not able to relinquish our power and positions as leaders. Because it's close to our flesh. Right? And when, when we are asked to do that, when people see the need is there and you know that you can't do it all, it's hard for us to relinquish it and ask other people to come and help us. And when we have that kind of leadership in the church, it affects the church. It hampers the church. In fact, we are preventing other people with gifts and calling that is sitting here in the church 
not to be effective, not to use their gifts. We have to allow those things to happen. So it is not desirable that it's not good for me to keep to be a bookkeeper. It's not good for me to go and shop all the food for all the ministry. It's not good for me to do all the accounting. You know, go through all the receipts. What is spent and what is not spent. And neglect praying and reading the word of God. That's what the leaders are saying. It's not that they don't want to do. It's not that they are not able to do. Maybe they weren't at that time. Some of them didn't have the gift. But I know Matthew would have loved to give an account. I mean, he's an accountant. He's a tax collector. Right? But he's saying, no. My task is to pray. I will pray. I will pray. I will read the word of God. Appoint seven people to help do the work of God. And that's what we see here. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business. Over the business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I was reading this week uh, about one of the uh, servant of God uh, who said that God wanted to me. God wanted me to be closer to Him, and He said, "Come up." Uh, and that was translated as uh, buying fifty-four million dollar jet. Right? Uh, right? I mean, he's going to buy this. He's asking his members to buy him $54 million jet so he can go up and be closer to God. Right? Uh, I'm not making this up. Um, I don't know about that because I've never tried that. Yeah, except for flying commercial and sometimes first class when God gives grace by upgrading. Uh, but this much I know that you can be closer to God when you pray and read the word of God right Uh, you don't need a jet to fly up in the air to get closer to God you can be on your knees and open your word of God and read and pray and be closer to God that is godly leaders that is godly leadership Praise the Lord. Yes. (laughs) So we will give ourselves. We will give ourselves. To continually pray. And read the word of God. How are we doing on that one? How are we doing on that one. Church leaders. How are we. How are we transforming lives. Of people. This is the reason why we want to pray. I asked the board. Last time when we had a meeting. That we should pray for one another. And Gary is a great leader. Uh, Gary Dong is a great leader. We have a great leader in Gary. Give him a hand. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, now uh, Gary has sent an email out to all the board that we pray for one person. All of us are paired with one person and we pray for each other. Uh, At least once a week. We can pray every day. And probably some of us are praying for each other every day. The same thing with the staff. 
the staff are paired with another staff, and that staff member is supposed to pray that for that person once a week, no less than once a week. Uh, the youth mentors are doing that. One of the things that God allowed me to do is when I get up in the morning, early in the morning, sometimes I'm up at 3 a.m., or sometimes it could be at 4, the first thing that I do is I pray. I'm praising to God for the things He has done for me. And then I pray for my wife. Because sometimes my wife's sleeping there. I, didn't, I don't need to wake her up. But I lay my hands on her and I pray for her. Pray that God will bless the day, the work, give her good health. And I pray for my kids. Then I pray for the staff. I pray for my staff members. And I pray for the board. And then I start praying for you guys. And by the time I've gone off to sleep. <laughs> because... I can sometimes pray for the 200 people, right? And I'll pick it up. Those are in my heart. My family, the church is in my heart. They are closest to my heart and I pray for all of you. And the people that I pray most sometimes uh, are the people. The people, this is what you, I want, I, want, I want you to do this. The people that give you a lot of grief, you pray for them the most. Okay. And when you pray for them the most, your life will change. Your heart will change. Because you can't get angry with them when you pray for them. Right? You, you, you can't have bitterness when you pray for them. I pray for my enemy every day because their names are always in my mind. Those are the people I pray regularly because their names are ever before me. So I pray, Lord, please give them good things. Provide them with good things in their life. Those are the lines that I pray the most. And I want you to pray for each other, for people that you love, and for people that may give grief to you. See, good leaders are able to discern their priorities and follow through. And they came up with two, two solutions here. One, they will be in the ministry of prayer and the word of God. And then the congregation will seek out seven men for this ministry. What is evident here is that leaders are willing to share responsibilities. Godly leaders do not hunger for power and position. Godly leaders are not captives to position and power. Rather, they are committed to the service of God and sharing the good news to others. That's godly leadership. I want to move on. To the Holy Spirit uses the godly church, which is the men and women, to multiply believers locally and globally. We read that, therefore, brethren, seek out among you seven, seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that which we may appoint over the business. Now, I want to talk about this uh, reputation, good reputation, like godly church. So there are three things that the church the Holy Spirit uses to multiply the church. Let's not forget that one is goodly, godly leadership. The other one is godly church, men and women. We're coming to the second one. So good reputation. What is good reputation? It's more than good moral, living a good ethical life. It's more than that. It's more than good report. This good reputation is about a person that has experienced the revelation and inspiration of God in their life. And he or she is a witness to it. That is good reputation. Are you with me? 
A person who has experienced the revelation and inspiration of God is a witness to that revelation and that inspiration. That is good reputation. It means you have encountered God in your life. It means you have encountered the Holy Spirit working in your life. It means that the Word of God has spoken to you. It means that your prayer has answered. And you have experienced the movement and and the work of God within you. You have been touched by the Holy Spirit. And you can witness to that. That is called good reputation. It's more than living a right life and right action, right thinking. This is about experiencing the special revelation that comes through the Word, through the Holy Spirit, in Christ Jesus. When men and women are like that, the church will grow. To be a person of good reputation means to be a witness. The believer affirms that he has seen or heard or experienced something by divine revelation. And inspiration. Good reputation. Wisdom. Full of wisdom. What is it? This is more than knowledge. This is more than knowing knowledge. This is about they have proper prudence. In their interaction and conversation. To those who are outside the faith. Are you with me church? This is more than knowledge. More than understanding the word of God. Here it is. It is believers with wisdom that has the skills to interact and have conversation and redeeming the time and the life of non-believers. That is wisdom. These people, you sitting here in the congregation, have the social skills and the interaction to win over non-believers. That is called wisdom. Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time. Then the church will grow. The Holy Spirit uses those people like you who are sitting here full of the wisdom to grow the church. Walking in wisdom. The congregation chose seven leaders. And all the seven leaders, do you know? They were Hellenistic Jew. Isn't that amazing? Where did the complaint come from? The Hellenistic Jews. And the congregation gathered together. They listened to godly instruction from the leaders. They gathered together and prayed for God's decision. To discern God's direction. And this is what they came up with. After much prayer. Having experienced the divine revelation and inspiration. They chose seven people. They were all Hellenistic Jew. What would that do to the congregation that was divided? I think it would bring them together. And they were all full of the spirit. Full of faith. And good reputation. Philip, Stephen. We will talk about that. We will talk about Stephen next week. The complaints arose because Hellenistic widows were not taken care. They knew that they were supposed to take care of the widows. And here, these were the immigrant widows. The Hellenistic Jews were immigrant widows. And they were not taking care of them. What is the Lord telling 
the church this morning. If we are looking for a secret to grow the church, there is no secret. Right? But I know that the Holy Spirit will use us if we align our priorities and be available to the Holy Spirit to do the work of God. Then He will grow the church. That's much I know. That much I know. Yeah. So are we aligning to the Holy Spirit and doing the things that He instructs us to do? Take care of the weak, take care of the poor, take care of immigrant widows, take care of strangers that is within you. Are we doing this thing faithfully? The Holy Spirit uses godly church, godly men and women to multiply the believers and bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not every crisis is a conflict. Not every crisis is bad. It's how we react to a crisis that can be bad or good. Crisis can bring solution. In this case, the leaders and the church were becoming part of the solution, not part of the problem. They were part of the solution. Why? Because they were led by the Holy Spirit. They were led by compassion. They obeyed the word of God. They received divine revelation and inspiration. And they acted upon it. And the Holy Spirit uses godly character to multiply believers locally and globally. See, verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and Holy Spirit. And Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, who was a convert to Judaism from Antioch. See, the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God and godly character is a powerful combination. Godly character is powerful conduit for the powerful Word of God. On the contrary, this powerful Word of God can be blunt and dulled if we are godless. If we are godless. We are the vessel and conduit of this powerful word of God. But if our character is not godly, not God-like, not Christ-like, and if we are worldly, this powerful word of God that comes out of us can be dull and blunt and have no impact and effect on people's life. But you use the powerful word of God and you use and put that together, fuse that together with a godly character. That is a dynamite. That is a dynamite. Character trumps everything, my friends. Our character trumps everything. Our character is the most powerful thing that we can have in partnership with the Holy Spirit. We have to work on our character, not on other people's. That's beyond your control. But you can work on how much you should pray. You can work on how much you should read the Word of God. How You can work on how you're going to praise and worship Him. You can work on how much compassion you're going to show to other people. That is within your control. And the Holy Spirit is hungry and thirsting and ever ready to partner with us. And if we are God-like, I talked about the imitatio Dei, which is God-like. And Missio Dei in the beginning, which is the mission of God. When we are God-like, we can change the world. When we are God-like, we can change our neighbors. 
through the word that comes out of us because the power that flows through us we become the conduit of the powerful word of God full of the spirit full of faith full of wisdom Philippians 1:27 only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ when the word when you have the word of god in your heart then you have full of faith what do you mean by full of spirit i'll just give you one sentence it means you you recognize and hear the word of god the voice of god that is full of the spirit that is full of the spirit in verse 6 they sat before the apostles and when they had prayed they laid hands on them the seven people. The practice of laying hands on someone. It's a sign of affirmation and transferring identity on that person. Laying of hands means to lean on. Actually, to lean on. It's not just like this. It's leaning on so the person can feel the weight. When you go back in the Old Testament, in Leviticus, in Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you can find that God asked Aaron and his sons to put their hands on the head of the animal that were going to sacrifice. They lean on and put the weight on it. And it's accepted. Why? It's, it's a subtle meaning of Aaron transferring his identity on the animal that's going to be sacrificed as a priest. So the sacrifice will be accepted. When you lean on and lay hands on someone... You're giving identity to that first person and affirming that you're God's, ch- you're God's child. We're going to pray with you. We're going to be with you. We identify with you. And you give the full support. And the person feels the full support because you're leaning on him on her. Are we leaning on somebody this morning? Are we leaning on a friend? Are we leaning on someone you know that has a gift and a calling? And you're leaning on and giving the full support and say, Go in the name of the Lord. Go and preach the gospel. Love somebody. Touch the heart of someone. Are we doing that? And we will not do that. If we don't have godly character and godly leadership. If we hunger for power and position. We will not be able to do that. Because that person will become a competition for you. You're not going to... Give space to that person because you see him or her as a competition in your life. And the church will be hampered. Santa Clara First Baptist Church, this is so vital for us to grow the church. It is on us. It is on us. We have work to do. And what is the secret to grow the church? There is no secret. But the three things that we see in Acts chapter 6 is... Leaders must be godly. Men and women that sit here and worship here, they have to be godly. The third thing is we have to have godly character. If we can do this well, the church will grow. The Holy Spirit will use us to multiply the church.